grief can be lonely and isolating, especially for those experiencing pregnancy and infant loss. At times, it may even feel as if the sorrow might consume you. Welcome to the Birthies Loss Support Podcast. Join me, your host, Michelle Smith, as I hold a much-needed space for grief, remembrance, and the journey of healing through conversations with grief and trauma experts, the sharing of stories of loss and love, as well as guided meditations. Hello and welcome to the introductory episode of the Birthies Loss Support Podcast. I am so grateful you are here. If you have found your way to this podcast, chances are that you have or are experiencing the loss of a child through miscarriage or stillbirth or the loss of your baby in that first year of life. Perhaps you were drawn here because you want to understand how to support a grieving friend, family member, or co-worker. I personally feel that losing a child is one of the most tragic and difficult types of loss we can endure. It defies our sense of order of things in the world, and it is a heartache like no other. My heart hurts for you and with you. When the loss of a baby occurs within a pregnancy or the first year of life, it's a type of death that our society often chooses to quietly sweep away and not discuss. It is just too painful and frightening for most people. They feel at a loss of what to say and how to handle the situation, which can make the grieving all that much more acute for the bereaved. Yet, one in four women have experienced some sort of pregnancy or infant loss. This silence can cause the necessary grieving for bereaved parents to be a lonely and even isolating experience. And for some parents, the loss of their child can even cause post-traumatic stress. My own experience with infant loss began with the miscarriage of my second pregnancy. Somehow I knew I was pregnant from the very moment I conceived, and I was already bonding deeply with that babe. Unfortunately, I became sick and I ran a high fever a few weeks later. I still so clearly remember attending my husband's company Christmas party shortly after my illness. His co-worker's wife was pregnant and due around the same time I was. We were excitedly discussing our pregnancies, and yet I remember thinking that she felt pregnant to me while I just no longer felt pregnant. Sadly, I lost that baby and was heartbroken. I did a lot of bargaining with God and blaming myself. I still remember the pain of packing away the beautiful angel Christmas cards that I had written out announcing our new baby that we were excited to welcome into our lives and had not yet sent. I just could not bear to throw them away. It has been 31 years And even as I wrote this to share in this episode, the tears of that pain and disappointment 
flowed gently down my face as I remember packing up those Christmas cards. I also recall the pain of wanting to celebrate my friend's pregnancy and crying inside because mine had ended. Seeing a baby became a trigger for renewed heartbreak. The anguish of why did my baby die? Why do people that abuse their children or don't want children get to be parents and we don't? It just seemed so incredibly unfair. Looking back now, and with a deeper understanding of trauma, it makes sense why my husband and I decided not to have any more children, even though my heart longed for more. Our firstborn would just have to be enough to complete our family. God, however, had different plans. Two years later, while praying in a silent prayer chapel for some friends of ours that were having difficulty conceiving a child, I heard a voice outside myself telling me that I too would conceive a child. Shocked and surprised, I explained to the heavenly voice that my husband did not want to have any more children. The voice assured me that he would change his mind. Two months later, in January, he did exactly that. And I want to share that our friends became pregnant as well. However, it took six months for me to become pregnant. I still remember that painful roller coaster of seeing the telltale blood each month that alerted me that I was once again not pregnant as my period began. Panic would arise each month. Thoughts of what if my husband changes his mind and doesn't want to have another child before I conceive again. And when family members and friends started asking me why I wasn't pregnant yet and making jokes about, aren't you doing it right? I began to fear it might not even be possible for me to become pregnant again. I was blessed, as I mentioned, six months later to become pregnant. And during this pregnancy, I was with an obstetrical practice that had 19 different doctors within it. The possibility of having a stranger attend my birth was very disconcerting for me. I still remember the relief that I felt when the doctor that cared for me during my miscarriage walked into the hospital triage room while I was in labor. I had this unconscious yet strangely palpable thought, I know him, he's taking care of me, I can give birth to my baby now. This birth was far better than my first, though sadly it was still traumatic in many ways. After this birth, I began exploring a more holistic approach to health care. I learned about doulas and the continuity of care that they provide for families. Doula is a Greek word meaning a female slave to another woman. The modern meaning now refers to a birth professional that provides non-medical, educational, and emotional support to a woman and her family during pregnancy, labor, and birth, as well as the postpartum period. This concept really intrigued me. I realized that that's what I had been subconsciously searching for during my last birth, and that I had begun informally providing that type of support to friends and family. Seven years later, after my second-born child, I was blessed with another healthy pregnancy 
and gave birth at a birth center with midwives and a student doula. It was a beautiful and very healing experience. In 2000, I went through a very difficult divorce. My best friend died of colon cancer, and my childhood best friend was diagnosed with colon cancer shortly after. One of my favorite uncles also committed suicide. During this difficult time, I began my doula training. Looking back now, I see that these experiences and others provided me a lived experience, a lived understanding of loss, grief, transition, and trauma. In addition to certifying as a doula, I later became a midwifery birth assistant, childbirth educator, hypnobirthing instructor, and a clinical hypnotherapist specializing in maternal health, and began focusing on providing support to families that had experienced birth trauma. Over the years, I worked with couples that had lost previous pregnancies and were now often tentatively celebrating another pregnancy. I understood their mix of joy and fear, having experienced pregnancy after a loss myself. In June of 2014, we were devastated to discover that one of my hypnobirthing couples that were like family to me had an unexplained stillbirth at 39 weeks of pregnancy. I attended their birth as their doula, and we said hello and goodbye to their sweet daughter, Rowan. Five weeks later, another of my dear hypnobirthing clients lost her baby boy, Santiago, also at 39 weeks of pregnancy due to a placental abruption, and she also almost lost her own life. I experienced the loss of my birth innocence, as Rowan's mother so eloquently put it. Though familiar with grief, loss, and trauma, I discovered that there is so much to learn about the nuances of supporting a family through perinatal death. I had indeed been quite innocent, for I had not personally had a client experience a stillbirth during their current pregnancy in 14 years of practice. With the loss of these sweet babies, as well as the tragic death of a family member at only 18 years old, the day after our sweet Rowan stillbirth, I feel God propelled me into this field where birth, death, and healing meet. I have become a certified grief counseling specialist and became certified as a still birthday birth and bereavement doula, chaplain, and professionally trained midwife of thaleontology. Additionally, I trained in perinatal loss with Resolve Through Sharing Bereavement Services and the Institute for the Study of Birth, Breath, and Death. As the host of the Birthies podcast, I have dedicated the entire month of October on my show each year to pregnancy and infant loss. This year, I decided that I wanted to support bereaved families more fully, thus the creation of this podcast. I will be sharing episodes on baby loss from the Birthies podcast here because these episodes are near and dear to my heart. The conversations are timeless and extremely valuable. 
I will be adding some new episodes that I'm in the process of recording and editing now, each week during the month of October and into November. While this podcast will be geared towards pregnancy and infant loss, some episodes will address different types of grief, loss, and trauma from time to time as well. The episodes will consist of interviews with experts on grief, especially as it applies to perinatal loss and trauma. There will also be stories from bereaved families, meditations, and guided relaxation sessions, along with the occasional solo episode. This podcast will be released in a seasonal format versus a weekly or bi-weekly episode format. As of right now, because I do all of the production, all of the promoting of this podcast and the Birthies podcast myself, which is a very time-consuming labor of love, the next season of episodes may not be released again until next year, once again during Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month in October. I do plan, though to release some bonus episodes and meditations between the seasons, so please subscribe and follow the show to be alerted when they air. One of the biggest things I have learned in this journey as a bereaved person and from providing grief support to others is that what is comforting to one person may not be for another. Please Know that I do my best to be gentle and compassionate with the information I'm sharing and the conversations that I have on this podcast. If something strikes a painful chord within you, please know that's not my intention. Yet, the sharing of stories and experiences in itself creates a potential for acclimating to and walking through our grief. It is this sharing that creates the understanding that one is not alone in this journey that can feel so overwhelming and isolating. Yet the very nature of perinatal death, grief, and loss has the potential to be triggering. So if you find yourself overwhelmed, know that you can go slowly. You can return to an episode when you are feeling stronger if you choose to, or not. If you start to feel overwhelmed, simply turn off the podcast and take some nice deep breaths. And you can breathe in through your nose. And as you exhale, exhale through your mouth, almost as if you were breathing through a straw. And if you make that exhalation a little longer than the inhalation, that helps to access the vagal nerve and to get out of this fight, flight, or freeze state. And so again, you can just take a breath in through your nose. And as you exhale, exhale through your mouth, through pursed lips if you need to, making that exhalation a little longer than the inhalation. Just taking several breaths like that. And you can get up if you are seated and move and walk around. The washing of your hands and face can be soothing and help you to feel more centered and grounded. If you are able to, 
Go outside in nature and touch the earth. It's an amazing way to return to center or to become grounded. You can call a friend or a family member, reach out to a grief specialist, and if you're in a space where you can, allow those feelings to come up instead of suppressing them. Honor them, cry, move, or shout if conditions allow. If you're in a situation in which you cannot notice and honor that wave of grief or strong emotion, tell yourself that you will honor these feelings later in a safer and a more appropriate place. Our bodies do instinctively know how to grieve and to mourn. Do your best to listen and follow its lead. Call a friend or family member that can hold a compassionate and safe space for you or reach out to a therapist or a grief specialist or support group for help in moving through these big emotions as needed. My intention with this podcast is to create a safe space where you can feel seen, heard, and held along with your baby whom you are learning to parent in a different way, and a place where you can feel less alone in this journey because there are those walking beside you and those that are ahead of you pausing to hold you up in those moments when the grief may feel as though it may swallow you completely. Be gentle and kind to yourself, please. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found this episode helpful and it provided you some comfort or insights. For a list of bereavement resources or to connect with me for grief support, please visit my website at birthyservices.com backslash loss-support. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Birthies Law Support. If you would like to help to support me in this work to hold space for grieving families, one of the simplest and best ways is to please follow, rate, review, and share, and share again this podcast. And please be kind, compassionate, and patient with yourself as you walk this journey of grief, remembrance, and renewed hope. Remember, there is no right way to grieve the loss of your baby or your loved ones.